that's right. This is our month. <laughs> this is about us. I didn't know that's where we were going, but yeah. <laughs> Equally enthusiastic about the fact that October is here. This is about us, Kat. This is our time to shine. Every other month is a joke. Oh my God. What will they do? We cannot be stopped. This is where we get our ultimate power. It's like getting all the Dragon Balls in one room. Oh my God. Is that how it works? <laughs> well, no, because the wish is like this whole time. Okay. Well, <laughs> my wish is that, you know, everyone else loves us on Halloween. Listen to our words, man. Yes. Internet. What's up? Yeah, welcome. This is October. Ah, yeah. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, we're starting the spooky month off great. So we're going weekly. Yeah, get spooky, get excited. Yeah, you got to listen to us like all the time now. We have so many more words yeah. for your ears. We're going to so. teach you. We're going to learn you some stuff. Learn you real good. And then we're starting a series just for the month of October, which is our classic horror series. Woo! And we're kicking it off with one of our favorite spooky gentlemen, which is Edgar Allan Poe for Hoji Poe for our 26th episode. We wanted to, to talk about um, some classic OG horror people. Like these are the people we have to thank for why we exist. <laughs> yes. Like why they aren't our, we, our parents, but no. But I mean, like this podcast. Like the reason why the Ghouls Next Door exists is because horror exists, and it's because of these amazing people we're gonna shine lights on. Yeah, you know they did the first thing. They yeah. were the real OGs. Yeah. Doing stuff and spooking people. In like eloquent words that are like, you don't realize they're scary till like after you're like, oh yeah. Like, why am I so uncomfortable? It's because they said smart words, but it was also spooky times. Yeah. But that's how everyone talked back then, I guess. Mm -hmm. We were smarter then. Um, And so today we're going to, we're going to talk about the king of horror, Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. Yep. And we're going to talk about why he's important. Because he influenced all the things. Mm-hmm. He was the precursor for all the scary. He's like the motivation for all the goth kids in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm an artist. Yeah. A starving artist. Yeah. Um, that whole, whole like tortured heart thing. Yeah. Like that's how you become a successful writer and uh, creative type is that you're in pain. You use that pain to make art yeah yeah and he was a tragic person he had a tragic life and he was slandered mm-hmm. and his name well they tried to slander his name and it just made people like it more yeah <laughs> so i, I mean, mean when your whole mantra is pain and people write like crappy stuff about you it just makes it seem like your life was harder and that's like makes you better in the eyes of the people who are like yeah yeah, and then you're like, opium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anything. I don't feel things. Also, murder's bad. <laughs> You'll feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, I, for me. I don't me, feel things yet. I feel everything. For, for me, um, yeah, I mean, Edgar Allan Poe is what you learn about in school. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize, like, how much he influences until you're, like, looking yeah. And you're like, hey, wait a second. This is, goes deeper than what I previously thought. It's definitely one of those things where you like you learn about it and you're like, why are we learning about this? And then it's like, oh, every single pop culture thing has like references yeah. to this. He's just classic. Yeah. 
So, like, for, for me, I really love Florence and the Machine, the yes. band. And yeah. Florence Welch. It's like a general rule, but then also. Yeah, she's just amazing, beautiful soul, and her work has inspired me in many ways for a lot of written things that I've done. Um, but specifically, specifically, her song, Bird Song, is like, like, listening to it, I was like, oh, this definitely is the Telltale Heart. Mm-hmm. And it's just to- like told so beautifully because usually like you just have like people who are trying to be edgy and so they're like I'm gonna just rip off this story mm-hmm. but she like found the like really really important beautiful parts of like guilt and like how it manifests and then she put it into this beautiful song and it's like spiraling in and out so if you guys mm-hmm. haven't listened to it we're gonna post the video yeah so that you can see the lyrics but it's essentially. This woman has done something. Uh, there's a bird outside who saw what she did and then is talent singing a song that's essentially ratting her out uh, or birding her out. <laughs> and then she like tries to silence the bird by killing it and then I believe eating it. And then she like in her dreams, like things change. And when she wakes up, the only sounds that are coming from her mouth is that song from that bird that was ratting her out or birding her out. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just like time. the Telltale Heart, which we'll tell you about. Mm-hmm. We'll Telltale it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, the Telltale Heart, in and of its, like, that's the one that's told the most. Like, it's a thing you see everywhere. Mm-hmm. So many shows have just, like, done either, like, hokey versions of it or, like, have used it as part of, like, a comedy, even though it's told in a horror way. But then um, also it's just like the message is the most universal. It's like mm-hmm. you do something bad and the guilt from it is going to sneak up on you. Yeah. And it's just like just because you hit it doesn't mean it. You know it happened and it's going to haunt you. Yeah. It's definitely about being haunted mm-hmm. um, and like taking life for granted. Mm-hmm. And like also I think it's like one of the first times you're really um, – introduced to like the unreliable narrator mm-hmm. is in Poe's work yeah like we'll talk about some of our favorites but specifically thinking of like the cask of, Mon- of Montalado which is mm-hmm. like that's the, a really unreliable narrator um you have someone like from the black cat also unreliable mm-hmm. even though he's kind of tr- a little reliable mm-hmm. um but it's like this cool where he always has these narrators telling you the story so you can really only take what they give you but then you like kind of think and dissect all the words and all the colors and everything means something yeah like it's in deep life. man yeah, deep man it's deep so we're gonna talk about edgar Allan poe um but yeah remember that this is our spookiest month so yeah. rate comment subscribe do or we'll things. haunt you from your mm-hmm. lack yes. of liking yes. us, it will haunt you like a yeah. beating heart underneath the floorboards of your life. You can't see my eyes, but Quoth they're wide. the raven. What's up? Quoth the cat. Subscribe. <laughs> dun, dun. Or I haunt you. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. It that's not my heart. That's my footsteps approaching your life. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, for me, it's like I, one thing I... And I don't know if those will be in there, but um, was there's like the Alice in Wonderland film with Johnny Depp. And it's like, why is the Raven like a writing desk? 
And there's not really an answer to that, but I always thought it was because Poe writ on them. Like, he writes on a writing desk, and he wrote about a raven. Yeah. I mean, probably. Sounds real. I'm smart. Yeah. SMRT. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, prepare to be spooked. (laughs) All month, we're going to bring you classic horror. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> we know. If you're bored of it, oh well, because it's happening every Stay week. Stay tuned. And love us. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we're going to tell you a little bit about this guy. You know, the one that we mentioned earlier, Edgar Allan Poe. Poe show. <laughs> See, yeah, you did, did it. I wanted I'm to sorry. say funny, just, and I can't. It just came can't. into my brain. It's fine. Gabe can be funny today. Just today. Just kidding. She's funny all the time. We love her. Okay, so info on Poe. I got a tragic tale to tell you. He once was a lowercase p, but now he's an uppercase p. He's <laughs> an OG. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you can really tell from every single media element that we had from it, as well as all of his stories, Poe had a hard life. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just floating about doing the fancy time thing. He yeah. was like, everything's hard and I'm sad about it. So, but like justifiably so. He Lots of people died. Poe boy from a Poe family. Spending his life. Monstressor. Monstressor T. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, doing that. So, essentially, both the parents died. Or one left, you know, dad things, doing bit bad dad He went times. out to get cigarettes. He or, went out to get cigarettes and never came back. Or opium or something. <laughs> he went out to get opium. You know, he turned left at the corner. There was a sign that says, go back to kid or go get opium. And he went to go get opium and, you know, just never came back. Um, and his mom was like, oh, being that sucks. I'm dead. I got this really angsty kid here now. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just die. He That's was easier. one years old when his <laughs> mom died. So if he was in any way already that. As you said, he is a tiny boy with a mustache and a sad face. Yeah, brooding little boy in the 1800s. I'm wearing a suit, mother. (laughs) There's a raven. Mother, can I have this pet raven? It will sing forever. Nevermore, it says, mother, nevermore. Uh, Well, I'm going to die because (laughs) this is 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 super... Damn it, I had a whole thing. I don't know, man. This is... The time. Let <laughs> say something about death. Like, death is cooler. It waits for no one. Death waits for no one, and I'm taking the first bus there because you were the worst brooding child. So I'm, <laughs> that's his mom. No, I'm you know, sure she fun. loved... I'm sure she loved him. I'm sure she loved him a bunch for saying a lot she of She just mean died. Things. People died a lot, like, real quick. Really yeah, easy. I mean, honestly, you can just tell. He only lived to 40 his wife lived to 24. Mm-hmm. So she got a whole 10 years of marriage. Yeah. 14 years old. And um, his cousin. And his cousin. So yeah, Poe's life was just really tragic. You know, he was orphaned. He was not even real adopted. <laughs> yeah. He was fake adopted. Him. They were giving out free kids in the street. 
um, put them in a box with the kittens. And Please, I was just like, sir, can I have some more? Some love and family. <laughs> um, so basically, like, just left them out there. And we're like, ah, oh, free kid. Cool. I'm going to take this home. This will make my wife happy. And then uh, didn't. They were it didn't. all very unhappy the entire time. And essentially, kids cost money. Yeah, and kids nobody cost money. Had those. You have to pay for them to exist. Um, and they got in a lot of fights about money. Uh, essentially, Poe was like, I want to learn. I'm really sad. I need to learn how to write about stuff. I'm sad and I'm smart. He said smart because he's from Boston. Smart. Pa. Pa, I'm smart. Ma. I'm wicked pa. smart. I'm wicked smart. How about <laughs> them the apples? Stuff. I don't have an accent with school in Boston, like. <laughs> send me there. Just school, yeah. School. Pa, send me to school. How about them smart. apples? You apples. raven? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he was smart. He went to secondary school, but then dropped out because money. Um, and essentially released one of his first works at 18 years old. Because he didn't need school. He was that cool. Yeah, you know, he Zuckerberged it. He did. He invented... We can't all do that. Um, the Raven. He invented scary. Yeah. He like invented Facebook. guilt. Yeah. And he invented the murder of people and animals and putting them inside your buildings. <laughs> in various parts of your home. Yeah. And then writing yourself out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing is, like, it seemed like throughout his life he was made to feel guilty for existing. <laughs> um, I mean, so honestly, sad. that really seems like what it is. Like, he was constantly guilted for being, like, this money drain on this family that didn't have to take him in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He had that guilt from, like, his father leaving and his mother dying shortly after, probably blaming himself, even though he was one years old, because kids don't know how to cope with loss in that way. Um, And then he became a dick. For all his, like, failures. Like, he tried to join the army. He failed. He tried to, like, go to college. He technically failed because he had to drop out. Yeah. So then he was like, I'm going to be a dick to everybody else and write all these reviews where I talk about them and their mamas. Yeah, so uh, he also just, like, got... The way he made money was writing scathing reviews about people and then also, like, making them feel like they were the worst thing. Like, he didn't just insult their work. He insulted their families and, like, their personalities and Mm -hmm. just, like, their existence as a whole. So, like, he... There was nothing safe from the reviews of Poe. Like, he was really mean and... Like, uh, your mama's so fat, she's in the castle while everyone's dying of bubonic plague. And then the plague comes in there and kills her. Yeah. That's. <laughs> and they're like, damn, man, that's Griswold, like real. Griswold, whatever your name is. That was really rude. I... Griswold. Griswold yeah. was a guy who did not like him. Yeah. And yeah. Um, essentially, Notorious the only thing he's rival. known for is writing his first fact. <laughs> On Edgar, where he tried to slander his name, but. Couldn't. Because it worked in his favor. He was like, man, he was an alcoholic womanizer who slept around and was really sad and everyone's like wow that sounds dope i want to read about him he's so sad and angsty yeah i love him oh my god mother the grumpy man (laughs) he hurts so much i can fix him with love it's just like all those beginning of nick miller it's like all those weird like murderinos like the the weird people who are like will go to like jeffrey dahmer's like house because they're like we sympathize with this monster that's what they were doing with the Poe that they thought they were knowing about. Yeah, I mean, there's just, like, this 
glorification of like pain i think that comes with art and writing in general like there's the starving artist there's Mm -hmm. the you know you can't be happy and write like it's it doesn't seem like those are things that people attribute to each other it's always pain and suffering and trauma that makes art beautiful and that's like the pain is what makes the peace you don't get to be happy and creative and artistic and you have to struggle like you have to bleed for your art and that's like I feel like you know there were times when he had good he had good life he had a good life when he was here in Philadelphia like us Uh, we also had a good life here um and then you know things got bad again because like he started he published like the raven he got super popular um yeah (laughs) when he lived in new york and it was terrible because that's what it is um and then like you know he he published all these stories he you know created really amazing works he had the tales of the grotesque and arabesque um and he was like kind of getting money for it and people were coming from all over to listen to him and then his wife died yeah his child bride but it was <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle Jesus of the sea. I don't but know. like what what was interesting is like the reason they left New York is not because she was dying. It was because like his name was getting slandered because his name was getting big and he was like doing questionable things in that. Mm-hmm. So as like a running theme, ladies, his guilt caught up with him, like his what? actions haunted him and forced him to try to alcoholism. run away. And he tried to run away and he couldn't because they caught up with him and then his wife died. Sadness. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she died from tuberculosis. tuberculosis not from like him. He didn't do it. Well, or did, or did he? he? She's in the walls. <laughs> Get um, out. But yeah, so essentially he lived a really hard life and you know, he had a few good years here and there, but when you only live to 40, you only got so much time. You're already three fourths of the way done by the time you've ruined a bunch of things. So it's like you don't <laughs> got much recovery when Time. teen angst is like half your life yeah what yeah you don't get much left after that that's so sad teen angst adult angst yeah you don't get to elderly angst yeah 1800s were rough <laughs> you know they were tough on it um well like i said before he lived in philadelphia Woo! which is where, that's we, where we live and it's beautiful E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Uh, so he lived here, and this is when he was the happiest and most productive he's ever been. Woo! We also are, I want to say the happiest We're hungry. and most productive. We're hungry. We're hungry. Yeah. Um, he when lived here hungry, between the age, uh, years of 1838 and 1844, and there he's he lived in several homes, but there's one that's still standing, and you can come visit it like we did. And it's awesome. It's super cool. So it doesn't have, um, most of the rooms don't have any furniture, but you can kind of like take this tour and see. They're all in the walls. <laughs> he just put all, he puts everything in the walls. People. And under the floorboards. He doesn't understand um, how, where it's supposed <laughs> to be. Uh, but yeah, you can take like a tour and see like, you know, what rooms were for. Like this was his living room. This is his brooding room, whatever. But what's really cool is his basement, which is eerily similar to the basement that's told in the story of the black cat, mm-hmm. which is, if you guys aren't familiar, it's a cool story where... <laughs> Super cool. This guy is a violent alcoholic. Nice. Kind of like Poe himself, who has violent outbursts to oh, his wow. family and to his several pets. He has an abundance of pets, but there's one pet that he doesn't hurt and that's his black cat until one day he does and the cat like lashes back out at him because it's like, fuck you, man. Like, 
Right. Don't murder your pets. It's not cool. Yeah. Then he hangs it. And, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then another cat shows up. And this cat is all black as well, except it has white on its tail that looks like the gallows, which is like reference to the fact that he hung that cat. And then Rude. he like goes about being fine. He's kind of skeeved out about this weird cat with his ominous tail. But then he <laughs> um, he gets mad at the cat and he goes to like swing this axe on the cat and the cat moves fast because it's a cat. And he ends up <laughs> as they do. <laughs> he ends up axing his wife right in the head. And then he's yeah. like, ah, what do I do with this body? Well, there's this perfectly good wall I could just dismantle and put her behind. And then he does that. And then the cat's not there. And he's kind of just like. Well, That's cats weird. hide places. That's fine. And then the cops just show up and they're like... It's real nonchalant about just murdering his wife. Yeah. And then the cops show up and they're like, hey, we're just going to take a look around. And they're in the basement and they're totally fine. They believe him that nothing is wrong. They're like, oh, your wife's just not home. That's fine. It's normal. No one... We're going to leave. And he's like, <laughs> have you seen how beautiful my walls are? Look at the walls in detail. <laughs> look at these beautiful walls. I'm going to caress them with my hands. You should caress them. Look how amazing they are. They don't even look like they're a day old like I just put it up yesterday. I'm not doing this because I feel guilty. And then... Don't be suspicious of the walls I'm rubbing. (laughs) And then the cat meows and he's like, this is just my house meows. My house is a cat. We're (laughs) inside of the cat. (laughs) I forgot to tell you. Uh, And so then the police are like, oh no, we should save the kitty. Uh, And they break through the wall and then there's this dead wife. And the cat is on her head. Just sitting Ah. there. So you could see that basement or something akin to it, an inspiration to it, uh, in Philadelphia, because we're the spookiest of the places. There's lots of spooky stuff here. Like us, we're here, we're spooky. Um, He also wrote one of his really awesome stories here, which was um, The Murders in the Rue Morgue, which he relied on what he calls tales of ratiocination which Mm -hmm. is one of the first modern detective novels where a character uses logic whoa and thinks about the facts and the clues of a case to determine what had happened huh yes i never (laughs) who would have thunk who would have thunk it that i 45 years before sir arthur conan doyle could talk about sherlock holmes that i would use logic Yes. Instead of just screaming maniac. Look at my walls! <laughs> screaming maniac men Under who the rip apart their homes, which they've buried people in, or just like prematurely or after they're dead, whenever. I mean, if anything, you just learn, like, don't put the dead thing in your house. Maybe just don't murder people for uh, stupid reasons. Let's not go that far. <laughs> I think we should just agree that you don't murder somebody and then put the murder pieces inside like the place you got to be at. And day. then scream it at the authorities. Yeah, you know, human guilt. In the floor. Look um, there. <laughs> so you can see where he made that really cool story. And he also has, there's one room that does have... Um, have furniture in it and that's the one that is specifically about his story called the philosophy of furniture for fancy people (laughs) yeah which uh detailed instructions on how to tastefully decorate a room in like it's kind of it's it's satirical because it's talking about newly rich middle class so it's like people who are spending (laughs) superfluously even though they you know aren't really you know worthy of that spending it's just like, look how happy we are. We have a fancy chair. You can lounge in that one. 
The chair has no purpose but to sit. Yes. It's like, no, that's and what chairs are for. And we spent an abundance of money on it because we're not poor. We are, but you don't think so because you can fit in a, sit in a fancy chair. Yeah, you know, people are dumb. That's why I don't get it. Like, that's why I don't spend more than $5 on any of my clothes. That's why? Yeah. That's the, that's the specific reason? It's definitely up You're there. Your co-aesthetic? I mean, it's just like you don't need the thing. I don't get it. If you don't need it, if you're not going to use it, don't get it. Yeah. Well, that's Or good. don't spend a lot of money yes. on it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Poe was smart. Yes. Well, yeah. And it was like, and I think what's what's great about specifically that room or this house is like, you're kind of brought to the attention that he didn't just have like this one type of writing because mm-hmm. you have like the black cat, which was horror and you uh, reminisce of telltale heart. And then you have the, 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 <laughs> the, uh, the, the murders in the Believe room, in you. <laughs> the murders in the room morgue, which is a detective story. And then you have a satirical piece that's about furniture, which is really just laughing at the bourgeoisie. So yeah. it's it's like well, he he's a lot multifaceted. Of pieces like it oh wasn't, yeah, his whole thing was just like evaluating the human mind, just being like, you feel guilt, you feel lust, you feel just being crazy and stupid, you feel like putting on a face and being fake and stupid. Like a lot of <laughs> like he always had like a story to tell that was either poking fun or being like, yo, people are messed up. Did you know? For me, I, it kind of reminds me of like Freud. And how mm. it's like, he was yeah. like, was he's like, I want to have sex with my mom. And I'm always thinking of sexual things because I'm on drugs. But everyone else must also feel this. I can't be all by myself. And it's, it's not just me. And so I feel like Poe was like, I'm really depressed. I'm really sad and get violent when I have alcohol. And I'm a womanizer. And I'm really a dick to all my peers. <laughs> and I also am incredibly poor. Everyone else must also feel this way. I'm not alone. And death I'm is upon write us. about it. Everyone is ready for death. Death is lurking around every corner, whether it's at the hands of the person who's supposedly taking care of you and your creepy eye, or it's tuberculosis. Yeah, I mean, he really just had, like, an obsession with murder and, like, death itself. Yeah, just, like, death. Anything involving death. Was and just, justice. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Injustice sure. that's brought upon in either Fruit in guilt. some kind of supernatural way, mm-hmm. um, whether that's like your guilt is overrunning you or it's like literally the mask of death shows up at your fancy house door and then murders your entire castle full of philanderers. Is um, That one's just very like Marie Antoinette-esque. Yeah. Marie. Or whatever the f- words. She's French. Marie. Marie Antoinette. Antoinette. Let them eat cake. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, her head then. Okay. He was definitely against the bourgeoisie. Yeah. He was super, like, socialist. He was just a po'boy from a poor family. Yeah. He mm. was. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's Are who we should. Are I'm sad. Just like everyone else is Why sad. Why don't you write about it? Everyone is sad. Don't, don't you murder know? me and put me in the wall. I will deduce, deduce the mystery. Using the clues of the beating of the heart. <laughs> bury you alive and I won't tell anyone about it till it's too late because you're already dead and now you've haunted us. Charlie's in the walls. <laughs> no! <laughs> It'll be your cat. She's black. <laughs> Look at what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ken, what do you got to say about that? She's 
She just discriminated against you. <laughs> she blinked me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think Edgar had a tough life, but I also don't think he's like, he was a great person either. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, he also got like, you know, he got a real bad hand, you know? Oh, he, for right sure. Right out the gate, he was dealt some really awful things and then just kind of living with that um but instead of you know just becoming an alcoholic and being abusive to his wife he did that but then he also wrote amazing stories that have now impacted the works that we have today yeah you know he was really the og life is pain kind Mm -hmm. of guy Um, yeah look at me the founder of the gothic i'm poe look at me existence is pain yeah um yeah he just really Sadness. wanted to die man he was the first emo mm-hmm. like, you'll never understand me but also everyone's gonna die it comes through all of those <laughs> ravens and other black animals i am sad <laughs> i'm so sad read my work or don't but give me lots of money anyway i need it have you met home. my child wife What's the word? Ding, 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 ding. Easy come, easy go. Will he let me go? Go. No. No, no. He will not let me go. Let him go. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Edgar Alien Posif. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, but that's I it. don't know either. I'm <laughs> Well, this also observing this for the first time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling goofy. Um, so we watched uh, a thing. We watched a film anthology, no an animated. We film never anthology. do that. <laughs> we watched Extraordinary Tales, uh, which is from 2013, and is a animated anthology featuring five tales adapted from Edgar Allan Poe's stories, featuring the voices of Christopher Lee. Bella Lugosi, which we'll be talking about later this month, and Julian Sands, who narrate the Edgar Allan Poe stories such as The Telltale Heart, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Facts in the Case of M. Valdemar, and The Mask of the Red Death. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing that really blew me away about it is like nothing to do with Poe, unfortunately, <laughs> but like the art style in each one, like it was so unique. They really just like, it was beautiful. It was like breathtaking to watch each one. Mm-hmm. Like just the way it was presented, uh, the like music even. I didn't really love the like middle scenes where it's like, death is talking to you. <laughs> oh, when will you join me? I've I taken it. all your other friends. Well, and it's like, and I get the point. I just like, personally, I don't know why I didn't like it. I just didn't. There's no yeah. logical reason. It was still good. Yeah. But the, 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 the things themselves the like stories stories mm-hmm. the way they were presented was just like one just like a beautiful presentation but also just like i think a great tribute to the stories themselves yeah. they were really, really and it good. featured like some of 
these, you know, notorious like people for horror. So you have like Bella Lugosi, you have Guillermo del Toro is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Lee, which is amazing. But like as soon as you hear him talking about the fall of the house of Usher, you're like, I know who this is. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing it. And it's such a, a rich, um, like well to, to drill from because like I said before, his films are, na- or his stories are narrated. So mm-hmm. it's like, we get to just paint these pictures visually. And then you get to have this strong voice. that's like, compelling and telling you and, and emoting all of mm-hmm. this like stress and then in excitement from what's happening um even for like a story like the fall of the house of usher is not one of my favorites it just gets really wordy and confusing for me but mm-hmm. watching it i was like oh <laughs> i get it <laughs> this now. is what's happening yeah um and even having there's one that i didn't even know about which was um the facts in the case of m valdemar and i now love that story it was breathtaking. It's an honestly. amazing story. Yeah, I just think they did them all so well. Like the the art style in the House of Usher was like gorgeous. I want to draw every single face I see from now on like that. Like everything was very like shape heavy. It was like pointed and like the faces were made out of shapes. It was cool. Yeah, huh? The Fall of the House of Usher was the first one. I know. That one had like the cartoon style. Their faces were pointy and cool. Oh. I thought Everyone's you really liked face had triangles. The second one. I liked all of them. I'm just saying the art style for that one was my favorite. I thought you liked the Telltale Heart, where it's all black and white. That one's cool too. Okay. I can I'm like sorry. more than one thing. I know you thing. can. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, I mean specifically the Fall of the House of Usher, like just the pointy, like uncomfortable looking <laughs> shape people. I enjoyed it very much. Um, the Telltale Heart images were really cool. They really played on light. In like black and white, like shadowing, which is really yeah. cool. Um, the really facts in the case depth. of M. Valdemar was like the visuals made it actually like terrifying. The old man, yeah, like, like his, his like, eye. eyes, yeah, just, like, oh, which God. is another kind of reference in a Florence and the Machine song, mm-hmm. which is the girl with one eye makes me think of that. Yeah, and the the mask of the Red Death, which is my favorite. Um, it was so beautiful. Like, the colors and, like, the people were creepy as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. they were scary looking before you found out they had the plague. Like, yeah. they they were not, like, good looking people. It was all watercolor. It was, like, really, like, you could really just see the different uh, hues of, like, skin. I think the skin was a big thing. Or, like, the color was really intense. Yeah. Everyone was like splotchy and cool. For sure. It was watercolor beautifulness. And it's like, so that one wasn't narrated. Yeah. um, Because it's not, that one's not narrated. That one's Mm -hmm. just like told, like, this is an explanation of what's happening. But it did a really good job. There's no talking until like three fourths of the way through. Yeah. And it's just what the characters are saying because Mm -hmm. it's not a narration. So it's like, in. I think it kind of loses a little bit and that you don't like get to, to know like the prince's name. So you don't get like those references mm-hmm. and it's not exactly told the way that um, it's told in the, in the, the story. Mm. Cause in the story it's like you're walking through and it's, it's each room is color coded and what's happening in them is rem- uh, reminiscent of um, the stages of life. Mm. And then the last one is death. And that's the one that everyone's been like trying to avoid. And then everyone's dead. And you're trying to, you think you're, um, you know, going to 
be Prospero and lock yourself in your castle and you're going to avoid the plague, but haha, death waits for no man. Everybody poops. Say. Everybody poops, everybody dies. Yep. Two truths, <laughs> no lies. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and honestly, it's like I didn't even know it was really happening until you explained it to me. Mm-hmm. That was a true thing mm-hmm. from that like specific representation of it. I just thought like visually, it was just very beautiful. And I felt like in this representation of it, to me, it was like I didn't really get the stages of life, but I really got a, the like sins. A, yeah, like seven deadly sins vibe. Like these people are lustful. These people are sloth, and like that's kind of what colors mean to me too even like prospero wearing purple for pride as mm-hmm. like a prince yeah honestly i i agree with you i got more of that feel when you said it was the stages of life i was confused immediately because i was just like no those are the sins <laughs> yeah well because every that's single what room the, was a sin apparently what they teach you in school but i th- i mean i think it yeah yeah i mean i think this stuff is in for interpretation i think the gist is that these were royalty people who were partying during a time of crisis when everyone was dying around them. Like, that's how the story opens, is that they're burning bodies, and then they just close their gates, and then they're like, now we're going to have a party. Yeah, honestly, I I think the lack of words in that way, like, I still was like, yeah, no, these people could die. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm cool with that. They don't seem like they're doing anything good. Mm-hmm. They're just like, Oh, forget the common folk. Let's all just get drunk and have sex and eat a lot and like gamble. And then it's like, yeah, no, you're all really selfish. You can die. It's fine. <laughs> you can die. Well, when you're going to be an asshole is what you get, man. Yeah, I think I so. Say. I think Raul Garcia, who's the, the director of this, did a really great job of bringing each one to life and making them very unique. Um, I enjoyed the pit and the pendulum for having Guillermo del Toro because it's talking about like the Spanish Inquisition. Mm-hmm. So it like makes sense that we have a narrator that sounds appropriate and that like you can really get into. Yeah, I just think each one was unique and beautiful and it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Like, honestly, when you first put it on, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. This is weird. But I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. Like at first I was like, literally, I think it starts with the house of Usher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember just being like, what is this? Yeah. Like, can we stop? And then like, it got like part of the way through it. And I was like, oh, no, this is cool. Let's keep going. (laughs) And then we just watched all of them. But like, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Even if you're like just getting the house of Usher just starts slow. I think that's more so what it was. And I just like, I wasn't mentally prepared for it. I think like there's a few like so i mean edgar Allan poe has influenced a lot of media and so like there's not a lot of like on the nose type of things so like later we're gonna talk about hp lovecraft mm-hmm. um and you'll find that there's a lot of direct references to some of his work and recreations and like ways that that has manifested into other art mm-hmm. but i feel like edgar's usually very subtle like he's just this foundation for horror for a lot of things where those things pop up these themes these motifs these things that we, like beginner horror writers learn from so there's yeah. no really like i mean there is a film like the fall of the house of usher which is like really bad <laughs> and then there's like other ones where it's like you just there, someone made a school film about the telltale heart or something but generally when you're you're dissecting or finding media in reference to Edgar Allan Poe, you're getting things like Florence and the Machine uh, and her song or 
a Simpsons episode even. Yeah, I mean, it really just goes everywhere. Because the horror is more like the human condition than anything else. Like, the stuff he's writing is about people being messed up and then being, like, haunted by their life choices Mm -hmm. or, like, the things that have happened to them, which is just, like, a real fundamental thing of being a person. So it's really easy to transfer that to anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, specifically, like, the thing I remember most from Edgar Allan Poe was the Simpsons episode. Like you said, it was uh, Lisa was working on a diorama project. She has a uh, nemesis or, like, a rival, rather. Um, and she wants to, like, sabotage. basically, like, sabotage her project because she's used to being the smartest girl in school. Mm-hmm. And then this girl shows up and she's like, I'm smart, too. And she's like, nah. I'm upset about this. So she steals her project, hides it. And then like the telltale heart, it's under the floorboards and you can hear the heartbeat of the project and the whole thing. It's like the Simpsons episode. So it was funny and it's not scary at all, but it's just like, I remember that vividly to the point where like, I knew exactly what scene it was. Could look it up on YouTube and show Gabe because like, it's something I just remember. Very yeah. significantly is like being the time where I was like, okay, I can do Poe. That's fine. Yeah. He wrote about, you know, guilt and human flaw and pride and, you know, talked on, on important things um, in a really creative and gothic way that I don't think a lot of people were exploring. Yeah. Always. Um, and we're going to talk about other people who've done that. Um, and it's going to be a nice surprise and it's going to be weekly. It's yeah. going to be great. Um we mentioned quite a lot of his different stories. I wanted to kind of talk about because we usually we do films, but yeah. I was like, he is a writer, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted Literary to talk about horror. his writing. Um, so specifically, the cast of Amontillado. I'm sure I'm saying it the most white way that you could say that, which is funny because you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, so if you have never heard of that one. Uh, the story's narrator, um, Montressor. I'm, see, I'm just, I can't do Italian. Montressor? Um, Montressor. Tells an unspecified person who's, your, who's you, the yeah. re- reader, uh, who knows him very well. Wait. Oh, yeah. Who knows him very well of the day he took revenge on Fortunato, which is Italian for the fortunate one because yes. Poe was not subtle. <laughs> and um, who was a fellow nobleman who Your had who you ascend- essentially slandered his name. And mm-hmm. when you're thinking about, you know, <laughs> um, uh, Grizzled and how he kind of is trying to take revenge, it's kind of similar. Because you have um, Montressor who's like, this guy has has damaged my reputation irreparably. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way I'm going to come back from this. And the only way that I can get revenge is to become, like, the judge jury executioner and take revenge on this person Mm -hmm. and this guy is like it's so out of the box to think that someone's gonna murder you for slandering them that he just goes along and isn't even like until the very end is just like totally on it for the ride so essentially he um montressor they're at a carnival Mm -hmm. so they're dressed up and uh fortunato is dressed up like a jester or the fool, because uh-huh. that's what he is. And so, um, and Chester kind of 
coaxes them to go down to the catacombs to get some... As you do at a carnival. <laughs> to get some um, wine. And that's where, like, his family is buried. And so, like, he keeps going down there, down there. And I always thought it was really... F- so I have, like, this infatuation with clever villains. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love um iago from um yeah, yeah. othello love it because uh, he literally does a messed up thing and the scene before that is him telling the audience like hey i'm gonna do this messed up things <laughs> and then he hops back into the scene and then he does it yeah love it it's my favorite so with this i thought it was really clever is that he like uh fortunato is like getting ill and he's like coughing because of the like catacombs and all the dust and stuff mm-hmm. and so Montressor like kind of reverse psychologies him and he's just like oh like we can go back like if you can't handle it it's like if you want I can just give you some wine but it seems like you can't handle anything and the guy's like no no wine we're <laughs> jolly and so alcohol just, yeah this will help my ailments um <laughs> and, what yes the um air and lung suppressant will help me breathe better yep and then he just gets progressively drunk as they keep going in and then they get to this like end and there's like lot like there's four walls and each one of them is lined with corpses but the fourth wall is um damaged and the corpses aren't on there they're kind of laid to the side Mm -hmm. and then he's like i put the the wine around the corner in that little back corner thing just go around there totally cool and then he like drunkenly walks in there like where's my alcohol and then he chains him in there and then starts bricking him inside the wall alive, brick by brick. And the guy's just like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you There's doing? just moments of him just like, what? And then like the last thing he says is like, for the love of God, you know? And then the like end is like, <laughs> you just hear like his, the jingling of his hat. And there's all these like weird things, but I just really enjoyed this like character that was like, he talked bad about me, did me wrong, so I buried him alive. And it's 50 years later that I'm telling anyone about it. Believe me, it's definitely happened. It's true. You go down there, he's not alive no more. Yeah. Um, that was like my favorite, like from school. But yeah. now my new favorite's the case of um, M. Voldemar. You went to a smart people school then because literally we did not read anything by Poe except for the Telltale Heart. Oh. Like, guarantee, like, unless, I mean, pretty sure. Yeah, we did. I did sleep through a significant amount of high school because, you know, undiagnosed narcolepsy. Yeah. But pretty sure we didn't. (laughs) Sorry to hear that. We read the one about the bug people, and that was was where was that? Uh, We talked about it in an episode before, and the metamorphosis or whatever. The one where he's a he's a yeah yeah when that happens. Yeah, read that. We were supposed to read that. I didn't. I don't know if we read. We never got around to Kafka. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kafka. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. Yeah, I don't think we read much of Poe. Yeah. So you went to a smart school. No, I'm from Florida, so incorrect. We are smarter than mine. (laughs) No. I'm still going to disagree. We had Jeb Bush. We had no child left behind. Fans, we all failed. Um, (laughs) No, uh, what I always enjoyed and um, about his work, and if you haven't read them, one, they're usually short. They're Mm -hmm. usually not super long, um, so you can get in them. Even, like, Annabelle Lee is super sad, and it's, like, beautiful, and he's like, my Annabelle Lee. And you're like, oh, he's sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel bad about it. Uh, but it's like, he was just like really original. He was really good at just kind of depicting death and morality and um, the flaws of humans. 
So, yeah. yeah. Did you want to talk about the facts in the case of M. Valdemar? Uh, I mean, it was just really, <laughs> really amazing in that the whole hypnotism is what kept the dead body from decomposing. I mean, that's the thing that was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that, like, he was alive, but not. And there was, like, that whole, like, just prolonged suffering element from the fact that they were, like, messing with him while he was dead. Yeah. And it just makes me think of, like, that, like, you could get answers. So it makes me mm-hmm. think of, um, what's that that film where they, like, die so they can get brought back to life? I know what you're talking about, but I do not know what it's called. So the film Flatliners. Yes. That's what it makes me think of. It's like you die, but you're not dead, and you come back, and then you're like, let me tell you about it. Or even <laughs> like um, there was a Netflix, there was a film on Netflix where like everyone was dying because someone was like, there is no death. There's an afterlife. I've confirmed it. So then a bunch of people are just committing suicide. Mm-hmm. It's like a crazy film. It was like pretty dull, but it was like a really great premise. Yeah. But like this idea that it's all in like the death essentially is like is controlled by your will because like his body didn't decompose so essentially so this story is that there's a guy who is a hypnotist and he's like hypnotism is really important and awesome uh it could do so many marvelous things for science power of the brain (laughs) and he wants to conduct an experiment on someone who's about to die put him in a hypnotic state right as their brain is like dying to see like just just to see yeah. <laughs> what's going to happen. So he has a friend who um, first, like, kind of brushes him off as nothing and then curiously falls ill almost immediately after this conversation where he had admitted, like, well, if I'm going to die, you can experiment on me. Yeah. And then he's like, <coughs> immediately after. Like, now. <laughs> like, oh, wow, how convenient for you. Um, and so then they talk about it and he agrees. So then he does that. He hypnotizes him and he goes to, like, he dies but then he's not dead and he's able to talk to him twice and both times he's like are you awake and he's like no i'm i'm sleeping and then it's like essentially he means like he is dead and at the end he like cries out like just let me die this is awful because he's stuck in the in-between mm-hmm. and then as soon as like he's kind of brought out of the hip- hypnotist state he starts to ge- decompose but like rapidly yeah like because it's been like days and days later or, like, months later, I think. Yeah, it was months. That, like, they had been just, like, holding him there, essentially, as, like, this vegetable. Um, they didn't... I felt like they didn't really get a lot out of it. Like, they could have been doing more, but he was also fighting with, like, more The doctor doctors. scientists, yeah. The doctor scientists. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just really interesting. And I've always really liked that concept, that, like, the will of the brain. You can survive. Because that's honestly how I plan to survive the rest of my life. I just, like, want to be here, man. Yeah. You know, like, if I want to be here enough, nothing will kill me. Except for the uncontrollables. Yep. Which is my biggest fear. Like your husband with an axe to your head and then he puts you in the walls. (laughs) That's the worst case scenario. That's why you don't get married. They they not only do that, but they also kill your kids. Eat them. They eat them. They do it all. Mm Mm-hmm. Feel.
if you like it, it's Poe's Philadelphia House. Yes. And if you don't like it, it's New York because it sucks. <laughs> and that's where, you know, he was sad. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, I guess we don't actually hate people from New York. I just also just don't like New York. That's where. What? And also Philadelphia is better. Yeah. E-L-G-S. <laughs> I just spelled eagles wrong. E A G L E S eagles. Yeah. Philly, Philly. Talking about the eagles. Um. Yeah. So for the um for Edgar Allan Poe, I say the Philly House. Yeah. Because I enjoy him, and I'm, I'm thankful for him, and I'm sad that he died so sad. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also sad that he fell in love with his 14-year-old cousin, and that his parents died really quick. Or, well, one left him and the other one died. And that that guy was really mean to him after yeah. he died. And I'm sad that Edgar might have been a dick. He probably was. But he made some really nice stuff, and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I imagine him as just like an angsty teenager being like, "Always, no one loves me. Let me write about my pain. I need to brood. Always, everyone knows how much I hurt. I can, but I'm an artist. Yeah, it's for art. That's how he talks, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, Jimmy's I mean, like, "Come on, it's fine. <laughs> Your no. life is really horrible, but also, yeah, just like, can you chill? Also, for a I have minute? this bad cough. Can we talk about? It? And then she died." <laughs> oh, no. Death. Uh, well, I'll agree. I think um, both Philly House. Uh, yeah. For sure. Um, just because it's like the staple of horror. Yeah. It's a staple. You have to talk about it. You have to know it exists to appreciate the like renditions of it that come later. Yeah. Like just aspects of his writing or at least his like story. Yeah. It's in everything. Even just like not horror things, like pop culture, it's like referenced all the time. It's in like comedy shows that you wouldn't expect it to be, or just like the themes are used in everything. They're universal. There's just human existence, and he does a really great job explaining why humans are freaking scary as hell. We're sad. We murder. We feel We're guilty mortal. about it. We marry our cousins. I mean, we all do that. Yeah, we ev- all, everybody. every single one of us has done it. Who We've all married our 14-year-old Murdered cousin. a wife and put her in the wall and also murdered a cat before that, hung it from a tree. Who hasn't done these things? Who hasn't, like, hung out with an old person and then, like, murdered them? Because <laughs> their eye was a little weird. Yeah, you know. They had a wonky eye. Yeah. You, just, you do that. It's just what happens, man. Yeah. And, you know, you bury your sister prematurely and then she haunts you and kills you. Yeah. And then you don't let people die. You keep them there. Yeah, forever. And then also the guy fell into the pit or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was one. That was a whole thing. That was like a oh, torture that time. Was, yeah, it was a whole time. She died like, several deaths. This is a deaths. political statement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that was we've great. All done you that. can't not appreciate him. Even if you don't like the stories, even if you don't like the renditions of the stories, you have to like give him props and acknowledge the fact that like he did something that has strongly influenced thousands upon thousands of other things. Yeah. Like, you know, he was the, the first one. Yeah. Or like one of the first ones who really just like made people understand that people are scary. Oh, gee. He started the common sense fear. Yeah. People can murder. 
everyone. I really just like the idea that it's the same set of cops that went to the black hat as the people who went for the telltale heart. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're getting really lucky. We don't even really have to do this like scientific study the clues work <laughs> that this other guy had to do. The pre uh, Sherlock Holmes guy. We didn't have to have a ratiocination. We just, the guy just told us about it. Yeah. We came in and we were like, everything looks fine here. And he's like, it's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the other guy's like, it's all good. He's like, look at these beautiful walls. She's in there. Yeah, you know, That's guilt. the whole thing. People give themselves away. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just very real too. Cause I feel like even in modern day life, yeah, when, the dad is on TV acting all <laughs> devastated about his dead kid and wife. Or doesn't look devastated at all. Well, yeah. There's like, he tells it. You yeah. immediately are like, this guy. We are bad liars. He did it. And then he did. That's what you find out. He admits later that he murdered the crap out of his family. And it's just like, yeah. Poe knew. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes it's not cops. Sometimes it's just your friend. And you're like, yeah, listen. So remember when we buried my sister a few days ago? She wasn't dead. And I've kind of known for a little bit because I keep hearing her crying. But then I was like, should I let her out? Or should I just let her go to die back there? And now I'm telling you. I should just let her like die, die. Because she was anyway. And I was like, might as well put her out of her misery. By the way, she's haunting us because she did die officially. And she knows that I knew. I'm glad that you came to my house. It's now going to collapse. So... Good luck. Have a good day. Finding a new place. I'm to glad live. you dropped all your important business to come visit me, your old friend who didn't give a shit about you. Yeah. That's Poe. And then Extraordinary <laughs> Tales is also Philadelphia House for me. It was great. I agree. I mean, that was just, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was like a breathtaking thing to watch and definitely worth it. Yeah. And if you like aren't a reader and you're like, I just, these stories sound dope. Do yeah. that because then you'll know. You'll get to get the story without having to read about it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if you're also just like a fan of art, it's just the art style is gorgeous. And like, you have to wonder how long it took to animate all of those things because it's like really flawless and blue, beautiful. And beautiful. And um, it's just like, if you want yeah. to like just hear the crooning melody of, Christopher Lee or Guillermo del Toro or mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi. Just like, yeah. Just sit back and listen to them tell you a creepy story. Yeah, and I also feel like if you just read Poe and like didn't understand anything he was saying, now you kind of will get it a little bit more because yeah. you have a visual representation as well as like a person explaining it to you. Because yeah. like, honestly, me, young, was terrible at like understanding what books were saying to me. This helped. Now I'm like, I get Poe. I know what Poe's about now, where I feel like before I was just kind of like, that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Don't get married. Let your kids. And put you in the wall. Yeah. Put you in the wall and then the cat's in there. Mm -hmm. Cat's in the wall and the silver spoon. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.